Alright guys, welcome to episode 11 with Jen Thompson and Jen is the owner of Naked Paleo um, and she has actually moved from Sydney to Moree which is about eight hours inwards from uh, I guess like Byron Bay area, so quite close to the um, Queensland border. Um, and you know what we what I really wanted to ask her about was just that transition from fast to slow living. Um, we all get caught up sometimes in the hustle and bustle of Sydney, and I know for a lot of people that I speak to, moving out of Sydney is a genuine desire. Um, so it's just interesting to talk to someone who you know really wants has really made it work for them especially owning a small business. Um, so I hope you guys really enjoyed this chat. I apologize in advance. Uh, we did this over the phone and the quality is probably not as good as it is in person. So I'm really sorry for that. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to reduce that technical error in the future. All right, enjoy. Welcome to the Strong Girls Talk podcast, ladies. We're here to talk all things fitness, mindset and health practical to the women that we train. My name is Ellie, and along with my sister Georgia and cousin Kayla, our mission is to empower you to be stronger and fitter, not only physically, but mentally as well, ready for all that life throws at you. As coaches of our own gym, providing functional fitness for women, we not only coach our clients on how to do deadlifts, squats, and pull-ups, but we want to help you on your journey to self-confidence and body love. So if you're looking to improve your life with awesome breakthroughs, advice on nutrition, training, and mindset specifically for women, You've come to the right place. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome. Uh, We're going to be doing episode 11 today, and I've got Jen uh, on the phone with me. Um, And so I'll just do a quick intro for Jen, and then I guess she's going to tell you a bit more about herself. But Um, Basically, she owns a company called Naked Paleo and they do um, incredible paleo treats, Um, but also she's a wellness advocate and essential oils educator, Um, and I guess that's more how I met her, um, through her recommending uh, essential oils to me, uh, which is awesome. Um, and I suppose Jen has done what a lot of people in Sydney want to do, um, and that is get out of Sydney and uh, move, I guess, from the fast lane to the slow lane or um, faster, slow living. Um, and that's, I guess, what I'm quite interested in talking to her about, um, just her experience there and, I guess, why she made that change. But um, firstly, Jen, how are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no worries. Uh, very much a pleasure. Um, what I'd like to do is um, just get you to tell us a little, little bit about you and um, I guess maybe your background firstly uh, in Sydney. Sure. Um, I guess I, well, I guess I could go back just a tiny step before that. So I'm not originally from Australia, which might be a little, a little <laughs> apparent from, from my weird accent. Um, it's getting there. It's getting more Australian. Um, I'm originally from Northern Ireland, and I came out to Australia as a backpacker um, coming up to 10 years now. So um, with no intention of remaining here, I told my mom I'd be back in two months, and that would be it. <laughs> and uh, Ten years later, I'm still out here, so I landed as a backpacker and um, did a little bit of traveling, met my partner, who's now still my partner, Blake, um, soon after 
he, we were both backpacking and he is Canadian. Um, so neither of us are from Australia. And then um, we lived in Queensland for, I think, two to three years together. We traveled around. I worked in hospitality, kind of did all the fun stuff, um, got that out of my system. <laughs> and then we moved. Um, we decided that um, we kind of needed to do real life for a little get while. Get serious. Um, get serious <laughs> and get stuck in. Um, and so we decided to move to Sydney. We had a couple friends of Blake's who were Canadian as well, who were living um, on the northern beaches in Sydney. And they had a spare room in their place. Um, so we were just back from doing a big trip of Canada and Ireland, visiting all of our family. We arrived back into Queensland and it just didn't feel right anymore. And we were really ready for change. So we kind of listened to that. We had both left for jobs before we'd gone home to visit. We had nothing tying us down. So we just packed up everything and drove to Sydney. And um, gosh, when did we get to Sydney? Maybe 2000 and. 11 2010 2011 mm -hmm. end, of two, end of 2010 and uh yeah moved in with our friends um and got our jobs got settled in and wow got swept up in the sydney pace of life it was definitely uh much different to our queensland beach living life that we had been doing previously mm -hmm. and um yeah then we lived there seven almost eight years we were in Sydney we started our business Naked Paleo in 2000 and what year are we 18 17 16 15 2014 okay cool so you were living um, like a few a few years in Sydney before you opened your business right Naked yeah Paleo. Blake was working in a warehouse job as a manager and mm -hmm. I was just doing up the hospitality thing still which I really loved um uh, but we I just started making we'd always been into kind of our health and fitness and improving ourselves besides yeah. the fact that we were both we were both kind of drinking Blake was actually a smoker at that stage as well so we had a lot of improvement to do <laughs> um we were kind of classic backpackers at that stage um I've always been into my my fitness and stuff but um, we knew it was time for change and I started to look at ways to assess how we were eating and maybe kind of um, rules to follow and mm. um, paleo kind of resonated with me, the whole theory behind it of just, you know, eating real food, nothing really complicated mm. and it seemed to make sense to cut out sugar, which I'm pretty much addicted to at the time. I still love sugar right now. It's still probably one of my biggest vices, but um I was definitely addicted to it. Um, cutting out sugar, gluten, dairy. The gluten and dairy was pretty easy. Sugar was hard. Um, and, yeah, I started making treats, I guess, to fill the void of me eating red licorice and Mars bars. <laughs> then uh, I share, we were just sharing the treats with friends, as you do. You know, they'd come over and you let them taste them. Mm -hmm. And um, they were like, well you guys could sell these and you're like yeah whatever shut up no way and then you the, the idea kind of sat with me for about a month and I said to Blake well maybe maybe we we could do this like why not and um at the time I was thinking I would do it by myself and he said well why don't we do it together and you know kind of almost the rest is history we kind of jumped straight in uh we were very lucky because I was working um you know, I'm working in hospitality at the time, which is very flexible hours mm. and shift work. 
and Blake's job enabled him to eventually cut back on pay. So he was full-time, and then I think he went to four days a week, and then three, and then one. So we were able to kind of scale back as the business picked up. Um, We were making our bars in our little apartments on the northern beaches. Um, You know, when we first began, we were navigating business. We have no idea how to run a business at all as we were, like, no idea. Um, just that we're both quite creative people. We really enjoy creating things. So we were having a lot of fun with it, but it was it was busy and it was really tough at the start. Um, so did you find you were really doing that like entrepreneur lifestyle where it's like work during the day or work, you know, at night or something and then spend your day working on your dream uh, to, to make it all work? <laughs> Is that it's kind yeah, of like that daily like grind? We, we were we would get up and I think we had figured at the time with the most amount of bars that we could make in one in one day without our bodies falling apart was about 250 mm-hmm. and um, that was like a solid oh I can't really remember but it was probably a solid six hours of standing in the kitchen making, making food, and yeah. I, I, yeah and I would be standing on the counter like with my headphones in um listening to podcasts um <laughs> About because business. There's only, so much, there's only so much you can talk to each other about for that amount of time. Um, so I'd like to be doing the same on the other counter, and I'd be, you know, putting all the stuff into our um, our mixer and mixing it up, and then I'd pass it over to Blake, and he'd be rolling it out and then putting it into the fridge. We had to buy two extra fridges that were in our <laughs> living room, um, and then you know we would have to do that for a whole day, and then the next day we'd have to package all those bars that we had just made, and we'd have to we individually package every bar we had to stamp every single bar um oh. it was like it was paper packaging at the time put a label for the nutrition nutrition stuff on the back um it was when I think about it now I, I don't know how we did it <laughs> so did you but, find um, you were like pretty exhausted by the end of each day like it was just absolutely really really absolutely exhausted oh. yeah and it got to a point we did do that for a solid solid year yeah it's a long time yeah a year we did that for and it we started to look at outsourcing and getting someone else to produce the force because we were beginning to hate it yeah and we knew we knew that um we didn't want to hate what we were doing because we knew we still loved the concept of it and why we were doing it but we were hating the physical the process being stuck yeah the whole process and not being able to you we had this real strong feeling that we were not improving our business by being in Mm. the kitchen and we looked at trying to rent kitchens and rent space and it's just so expensive in Sydney to do that we could we we priced building our own kitchen and we were going to need at least a hundred grand you know Mm. to build the kitchen never mind manage a kitchen facility and then hire staff to do that Mm. so um we then started to look at outsourcing which also took us almost almost a year to find the right company that could do the right quantities and uh, pricing for us and try and replicate the product we'd be making by hand and so it took a really long time and it got really disheartening so we thought we were never going to find someone to do that Um, and we needed more products and we knew we needed we needed more bar flavors and we couldn't do that um, ourselves in our own house so um, yeah that was 
yeah, that was a really interesting time at the start of the business. And we were out doing the delivery, so there'd be a day where oh, I would have well. to go. Yeah, we, you know, we did everything. There was a, I, I think it was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I would go and have to do the whole fitting wide deliveries then as well. And it would be a whole day. So Blake would be stuck in the kitchen by himself. And um, I was out driving around, and um, which was actually really nice. I loved it. Yeah, you're probably happy to get out of the kitchen. I was, and Blake wasn't keen to do them, so I was more than happy. I got to sit in the car and listen to music and talk to people, and um, uh, that was really, it's actually a really nice day. I used to look forward to it a lot. And so this was but only I, one product as well? Yeah, this we survived just... on our one, the cacao almond flavor was our first one. Um, and we survived on that for 18 months before we launched our second flavor, which was the berry citrus flavor. Cool. And that um, was, that was outsourcing then? Yes. So we knew we only, we launched, I think as soon as we outsourced the cacao, we had the berry started, um, ready to roll, um, at that point. Cause we knew it's a numbers game and you have to get as many flavors out there as possible. And stores don't want to take you for one product. They want mm. to take a line of products. So we were coming, we were just getting to that next stage where we needed to take the next leap. Um, we started by getting them into cafes mostly because yeah. that was my, my experience with hospitality. Yeah. Um, and that was really nice. And I knew how to deal with cafes. I knew how they worked ordering wise. And we were starting to get to the stage where we were needing to look at health food stores and supermarkets and things like that. Yeah, so awesome. You need, to, you need multiple products for that. For that, yeah. yeah. And so um, obviously you spent, I guess, like 18 months getting the business up and running and then out of, I guess, your own kitchen and out of doing all the, um, I guess, all the preparation and all the deliveries and everything, when you finally yeah. outsourced that, what was that like for you in terms of oh. being a business owner and, and all that jazz? It was, it was kind of an anti-climax. I remember it actually being quite upsetting. Because, oh, really? Well, yeah, it was a really strange feeling. I think we it had taken us so long to get that point. We were so excited. We were like, mm. it was going to be amazing. We're going to, you know, have, be free to work on the business. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, and then people were a little, it's really hard to replicate something on scale that has been yeah. handmade before. For sure. So this was the huge issue. We were making, we our original bar, we were hand rolling it. We were sprinkling these roasted almonds on top of it. And, you know, everything was prepared by hand, obviously. And it mm. looked amazing and it tasted amazing. And then the bar that we were able to produce on a larger scale was not like that. And in hindsight, if I was to change anything, I would say that we should have not tried to replicate our original product and just kind of started fresh with, you know, right. this is the new this is the new product because we were just trying to keep it too similar to the handmade product, which is it's next to impossible. We would have to get someone else to hand make it for us. And we were yeah. trying to make um, the business grow and cost wise, we just could not do that. Yeah, so for sure. we actually we actually battled with quite a few emails and people being disappointed in something that we had worked really hard to do, mm. and um, that was that was really hard because we were still really proud of what we'd done. Um, we'd also had to um, change our packaging. Um, our original packaging was paper, and we really wanted to keep it paper, but. The machines that package, um, they couldn't they couldn't work with the paper, so we had to go plastic, and that 
that upset me a lot. Mm. Um, uh, you know, just from an eco point of view, I really wanted to keep it paper, and it just wasn't. It wasn't possible. So we had to make a few kind of negotiations, I guess. Um, don't get me wrong, outsourcing. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are now if we mm. hadn't done it. But um, yeah, it was a very strange. It was a very strange feeling. It was that kind of. Um, we thought it was going to be. A big party. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess um, yeah. it's, I mean, it's not a bad thing because I guess where you are now, it makes sense that you have to go through that kind of hardship to kind of learn and everything. Um, yeah. But it is, I think, when you're growing a business, for example, um, you know, we always think like, oh, well, why don't all the businesses just go plastic free and why don't do this, do, do, do this yeah. or do that? Like it's really, really hard to still make a profit and stay kind of true to your values and things like that. Um, That's it. Um, we've you know. been priced, um, you know, getting the uh, biodegradable packaging and all these things are still in the plans for us. But as a small business, I think when it, we've got the perspective that we have, I have so much more sympathy for mm. every other product on the Australian market because we know what a battle it is and we know that everyone out there does want to do better with their packaging and with their organic ingredients and you know their price on the shelf and you'll have people that still will say think you know our products are too expensive I'm like wow you know it's it's we're doing the best we can everyone is doing the best that they can and it's not no one is putting products out there and making millions of them if I wanted to be a millionaire I probably shouldn't have got into this business yes it's like <laughs> you know um, and I think yeah exactly that's the perception people think oh well they they you know they should be doing better we're trying and we will get there but you know we're still a small business and um you have to pick and choose your battles I guess yeah. at the end of the day um we've been able to grow as a business and that will then in turn allow us to order in bigger quantities which gets the price down mm-hmm. which allows us to do things like biodegradable packaging mm-hmm. and um, stuff like that which is our dream it just takes a little bit longer than the bigger vibe yeah there for sure and, yeah. and did you feel almost personally attacked or I guess Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, when people were like, why have you done it this way? Why isn't it the old way? Did you feel like, oh, my God, it's uh, – I guess, it, you know, it's really hard to separate the business from you personally because it kind of is you. your personal heart and soul goes into it. So, yeah, tell oh, us, I guess, a little bit about how you felt when that happened. It's your baby, mm. and I, I still struggle with that. I'm probably only now getting a little bit better. I don't want to say, like, harder in business. You know, I'm, you know uh, I can put on a brave face now, and you get used to getting the criticism because, don't get me wrong, criticism happens everywhere. Um, it's not, you know, you're not going to please everybody, and we're not in this to please everybody. But at the beginning, even doing the sales, I personally – I hate the concept of doing sales Mm. and um, I hated it a lot at the beginning because it was my baby and I felt I felt really upset if somebody didn't like the taste of the bar Mm. or they they were too crumbly or it's not chocolatey enough I'd be like oh I put my heart and soul into this product (laughs) and you hate it (laughs) yeah and it's the 
same every time we've launched a new flavor as well. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh God, they're going to hate it. <laughs> um, you do, you do get better at it, definitely. But um, it's still, it, it doesn't upset me as much. I, there was tears. So there was definitely tears. <laughs> there always is. Um, and it's not even just, you know, some big um, customers that we've tried to go for or had meetings with any of them. You know, it could be that little cafe that might only order one box every three months. And if I tried to give them a sample, they'd be like, yeah, we didn't like them. I would still feel just as upset, you know, just, yeah. But you learn, that's part of business. You uh, <laughs> learn how to deal with it. It makes you stronger. And, yeah. Um, you, you you take it on board. I mean, criticism is really good, and I really like people to be honest with us, and like we helps us make improvements in what we do yeah, as for well. Sure. And yeah, it's a it's a steep learning curve at the start, though, when you really care about the mm. product. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always good to get people's feedback, but I mean, at the end of the day, you're never going to be everyone's cup of tea, unfortunately. Um, and so you also have to accept that, you know, just not everyone's going to like whatever it is that you've got to offer, even if you feel like you provide them with immense value. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. I mean, we still get, um, comments, obviously, you know, paleo and the paleo diet can be quite controversial. And, mm. um, you have people like Pete Evans, who I think is, you know, he will say if anyone can follow him and see him on Instagram, the amount of publicity that he gets is probably somewhere like 90% bad publicity and, mm. <laughs> um, you know, him being attacked in the media. But from his point of view, he flips it around and it's like, you know, publicity, publicity, at least we're talking about nutrition and, mm. um, people are expressing their views and they're, you know, they're listening to yeah, it. Yeah, you know, for so, sure. Um, yeah, you, yeah. So, <laughs> you, you, you learn to stand up for yourself as well. Yeah, for sure. So with, I guess, Naked Paleo, I mean, obviously, um, it's, it, I guess, Paleo is like a, I'm assuming most of the people that are listening to this would know something about Paleo and just... I guess the way that that um it's structured and um I guess the the philosophy behind it and things like that. Um, do you want to tell me like a little bit about why that really resonated with you and made sense to you? Um, and then I guess um just with like how naked has naked paleo like evolved like the, I guess the paleo movement has. Um, I guess. From our point of view, when we wanted to change our diet, I was just doing, I, I'm naturally quite interested in nutrition and mm-hmm. um, I guess changing to paleo was the biggest change that we've ever done as in we went from traditional, uh, I don't want to say Western eating, but just, you know, lots of bread, sandwiches and all that kind of thing. What do the general population would eat every day? And then we kind of went at 180 and assessed all of that. Um I just through my reading, like I read stuff about being vegan and vegetarian and um, paleo just resonated with me because it just seemed the most simple. I don't know, it just mm. made it just made sense to me. Um, it seemed like it was quite flexible, I guess, as in you can interpret it what the way you want to do it. Um, we chose to do at the very beginning and we've done We've done it twice now, um, a 30-day paleo challenge, which is extremely strict. And in yeah. my opinion, in my opinion, it's unsustainable in this day in life. You could do it, but um, it's 
kids. Um, we're talking about uh, we couldn't even have you know ketchup on your on the side of your plate, or mm-hmm. if you're going out for dinner, um, asking them what oil that they're using, you know, when they're cooking, because you wouldn't want a vegetable oil and things like that. Like, and we did that. And to be honest, we felt amazing at the end of those challenges, and it was a really good learning curve to take note of what we were putting into our bodies. But since beginning paleo, we've become a little bit more relaxed and. Um, Things have come back. So in paleo, you're technically, as far as their guidelines go, um, not meant to have any grains in your diet, whether they're gluten-free or not. Um, but now we do eat, we've got rice, we have white rice in our mm-hmm. diet, um, we eat quinoa um, in our diet. I guess we just change it up as we've gone along. That's when we come in in the last couple of years um, because... We got a little bit tired of just having sweet potato all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and we, need, we needed to switch it up. And the more I've read, um, I've been reading about you know things like gut health and the value of having just different different um, types of nutrients coming into your body and just variety in your diet yeah. um, to help keep your health cells healthy. Um, but we still maintain gluten free. Um, and this is not set like this is not 100 percent of the time. I think we ordered Domino's last week. Yeah, <laughs> so, um, we are we are not perfect. We are humans, but um, um, we also it's taught us how we feel. Like you know, after I ate that Domino's, you know, half an hour after it, I felt pretty good. I was like, yeah, that was tasty. But um, you know, for the next day, I don't feel so good. Like I, I know that that wasn't great for my body. I know when I'm ordering it, what I'm doing. I'm not <laughs> I know the downside. Um, I know the downside. I'm weighing up the pros and the cons. <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> um, Do I want to eat this? <laughs> yeah. But the other six days of the week, you know, we eat really well. We don't really traditionally have, we don't have bread in our house. Mm-hmm. We definitely, we don't have dairy apart from butter. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have butter in our, in our uh, like we have it in his coffee in the morning. Um, I'm not drinking coffee, so I don't have as much to cook with it. Yeah. Um, but uh, over the years, our focus has kind of just been on real food. Yeah. That, that's why I just turned to paleo. It's just real food. It's your meat and your veg. It's um, it's how your. It's not even our grandparents anymore. I would say it's our great grandparents. It's how our great grandparents um, ate mm. and cooked. It's simple food, and you can make it as as complicated or as simple. You know, you can have a steak and your vegetables on your plate, and that's paleo. Or you can go and make yourself a big. Um, you know, lasagna using sweet potato as your pasta instead and take a couple hours to prepare it. It's it's as complicated as you want to make it, mm. which is – and at the time, actually, I should add, I was actually a PT at the time doing personal training. Yeah. Um, and it translated – it was really easy for me to help my clients um, – uh, change what they were eating. It was a really easy guideline. It was easy for me to say, stop having toast for breakfast, you know, and have mm. eggs instead. And it just worked really well for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, we've kind of stuck to it. We've created our own guidelines. Lots of stuff has stayed in there. Some things have changed slightly. Um, yeah, so you mean for yeah. the company Naked Paleo, you obviously – um have like a philosophy behind it and those guidelines have stayed pretty much stayed the same from the start is that right 
Yeah, absolutely. So all of our products um, follow the strict guidelines. All of our products will always be gluten-free and preservative-free and we won't mm. ever add sugar to them. Um, as the business has gone on, we've realized all of our products are actually vegan. So we mm. do put that on the packaging and that's just by coincidence. Paleo is obviously not, it's not vegan, but um, it's just something that our products have turned out to be, which is which is awesome. Yeah, um, cool. And recently then we have just changed to all organic, which is something we wanted to do from the beginning and we couldn't until we got bigger and could order in bigger volumes. So that's been really exciting um, yeah, because awesome. we... Yeah, we'd place a big on our own personal food. Um, we would shop organic as much as possible. You know, for things like meat um, and certain fruit and veg, we'd always get them organic. So yeah. to get our products organic was really exciting. Yeah, I guess if it's like your own personal philosophy and that feeds through to your products, yeah. like obviously that's a massive step for you guys and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So you've got Naked Paleo and... You're in Sydney still, um, and you've just outsourced everything. So what happens next? How do you get from Sydney into Moray, which is a fairly far in inland? In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of New South Wales. <laughs> eight hours inland. So you were still um, doing all the delivery driving? Yep, I was doing all the delivery driving in Sydney, um, which I still enjoy. We got our little van, which was <laughs> the, probably the most fun thing that we bought in the whole <laughs> business. That was uh, a really cool thing because I've never had a new car either, and we got a new van, no. and it was very exciting. <laughs> um, so we were still doing all the deliveries, and then it was office space for us to work out of, so it's actually really refreshing to get up mm. in the morning and go to work like that was cool even if it was still just us sitting somewhere else that was really nice and we were sharing the warehouse um with my best friend dan who is barrel one coffee roasters mm. and um he works in his business by himself too so it was kind of nice that he wasn't alone anymore and we got to have this space together and he um, now has a, a coffee shop as well at that old warehouse where you guys does. were right yeah, so since we moved out, he has um, fulfilled his dream that was the dream three years ago when we moved into the warehouse <laughs> of turning it into a cafe, which is really exciting. So, and he's done such an amazing job. It's beautiful. So, um, very yeah. proud of him. And, and, what's, and for people, if they want to know, what street was that on? 
22 Orchard Road in Brookville. Yeah, yeah, nice. So, yeah, um, Barrel One Coffee I know is very, very nice as well. Yeah, he has a lot of cafes on the northern beaches, and this was, like, the next stage of his plan. Mm. So, um, yeah, yeah it's awesome. really cool to see that happen. We obviously just had to get out of his way. From the- <laughs> yeah, it was just <laughs> waiting for you guys to leave. <laughs> All right, so, cool. Um, yeah, so... We had, we had the warehouse, and... Mm. Um, did that then I got pregnant so um I got pregnant and I had our son there in uh December 2016 mm-hmm. um at that point and then obviously deliveries me running around in deliveries needed to stop yep <laughs> so everything turned to career so Blake was still in the warehouse I was still working from home as soon as Bear was born um he's attached to me nothing really changed to be honest uh we just kept working but as Bear grew up, we kind of got um, quite tired of living in Sydney. The speed of Sydney started to get a little bit tiresome for us. Um, mm. We needed more space. We knew that we were going to need a garden. Um, just we needed more time with, with Bear, especially I think having him. We knew it before I was pregnant that we wanted to eventually end up with land. We want to be able to grow our own vegetables, have chickens and mm. um, just big skies and fresh air. And then as, as Bear was getting older, it became something that we kind of had to do rather than, you know, let's maybe dream about it. It's like, let's do it now because anyone who's had kids will know that time seems to go so much faster as soon as they're born. And all of a sudden you're like, well, in five years, he's going to be going to school. So that's kind of like our deadline to start to get out and enjoy these first few years of his life and do what we want to do before we are potentially locked into mm. living somewhere specific. Um, so what did we do then? So did we, you feel like you couldn't do that in Sydney though, have like a place with or anywhere near Sydney? It had to be in the middle of... No, just, just like New South Wales? <laughs> like you just wanted a massive um, change? Well, yeah, we did look around. I think it was just the price as well. We we, we wanted to be near the ocean, which now we haven't ended up being near Yeah, I'll say it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, couldn't, we, we couldn't afford to be, to have the garden and stuff and be... Um, near the ocean in Sydney. So our, our main plan, our grand plan was to move up to the Byron Bay area. Yeah. Because we then in, in since having Bear we actually moved our production up to there to a different company. So originally from Melbourne we moved it up to Byron Bay. And um we always had this thought of going back to Queensland where Blake and I met because we is quite we quite like it up there. Um and we thought, well, Byron Bay is kind of a nice in-between. We're quite close. We've got a lot of friends up in Queensland that would be nice to be closer to. Yeah. And we could be near the production for the first time ever, which would be really cool as well. So we were going to move up there. So we decided, we picked a date, and um, we sold everything that mm-hmm. we, we owned in our apartment. We looked at pricing, you know, to ship everything and keep it. And when we really looked at all of our belongings – none of it really had well not none of it some of it has sentimental value which we kept but majority of it 
we really didn't need to hang on to. So mm-hmm. we sold pretty much everything. All we had left was what we could get in the car mm-hmm. and um, whatever fitted on a pallet. Um, so quite a small pallet that we left in the warehouse in Brookville until we kind of got settled. Yeah. Um, so we sold it, we packed up the car and then we were going to visit our um, really good friends live here in Normandy. Um, and their daughter, she's our goddaughter. They were about to have their second child. They left Sydney about three years ago. We thought, well, what the heck? We'll come and we'll visit you guys for a couple months on our way up. And, um, you know, because we can and we have that mm. flexibility. So when when Megapaleo started to take off, um, we saw the potential that we could create our dream of being able to be transient and still have a business. I think that that dream comes from having family, not in Australia. We've got family in Ireland, we've got family in Canada, and the dream of being able to spend longer periods of time with them but still have a business running mm. um, was what our dream was and not be held down because we both come from traveling backgrounds. We've met while we were both traveling. It's still in our blood. We're not finished traveling yet. Um, so yeah, we, we came to Maureen to visit our friends. We stayed, we were going to stay until June. So two months, um, they Never had left. a house that we could, we could rent. Um, we moved in and yeah, we never really made it to Byron. We're still here. <laughs> <laughs> we <never left. laughs> it's just amazing. Honestly, I, we joked whenever they left Sydney three years ago and moved to the country, I joked about them. Um, moving to the country and you know how it would be awesome to visit them but no way it's not for us but when we got here to have the space and the big open skies and the shops are the shops close at lunchtime on a Saturday there's nothing open on Saturday <laughs> afternoon Sunday there's nothing open except for cold and woolies like that's it and um, it's just slow and we really, really love it. And I think that we were really ready for it. Um, we maybe had a week of an adjustment period where we landed here. I felt we felt a little bit lost. Like, ooh, okay, now we're here. What do we do? Um, but we found our cafe. You know where you like to get your coffee. Mm-hmm. We found our park that we like to go to. We found a couple play groups that are fun. Um, we know where Woolies is. You know, and that's it. Really, like. We settled, we stopped, we slowed down, and our internet is disastrous, so (laughs) we stopped watching three episodes of a show on Netflix every night, and we started reading, we got our library memberships, we, I'm like, I remember getting our library memberships, we're like, oh my goodness, why have we never been members of a library I didn't know you could, I didn't know that was a thing still. (laughs) (laughs) I know, and I remember doing it as a kid, and it seems so naive and you know just I don't know uh what's our generation generation what are we why generation yeah 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 it just seems so generation why I'm to be like oh you know what the library why would you have that it's amazing we read like a book you know a book a month and that's what we do in the evenings mm. <laughs> um it's it's been really great for us our stress levels have significantly lowered and I think we are just sleeping better and we're outdoors we were outdoors a lot in sydney we'd walk a lot to the beach and spend time at the ocean but um 
we have a garden now. We're about to get chickens this week, which is really exciting. That's cool. So we're going to have our own eggs. We've got our veggie box ready to be planted. Uh, all these little things that we thought weren't going to happen for us for the next, you know, for another five years are happening now because we can. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're just really, really loving it. Slowing down has been great. So... Um, and you kind of mentioned it already, but um, maybe like uh, explicitly, what are the what have you noticed has been like the biggest change in maybe your body or your health or your mind as well um, between living in Sydney and and the country? I think the connection with people is what struck me immediately. Um, right, okay. I've always. I, I would have always called myself, um, I don't know, quite, I can be, I personally feel like a socially awkward people, I think a person, other people <laughs> wouldn't call me that, but I feel, mm. I'm not one of those people that feels really awkward, um, trying to catch up with people, I hate feeling too eager to hang out, you know, and I, I always feel anxious about that, and here, um, the first thing I noticed was that it wasn't me who was trying to catch up with people people were trying to catch up with us and these people didn't even know us like mm. you know texting me I you know you meet people the first week we moved here and they would be texting me and saying do you want to come over for a play date tomorrow you mm. know and like yeah I'm, I think it's kind of because we were so new to the town we had no option but to say yes because if we didn't say <laughs> yeah. yes we'd, we'd, we'd be hermits and we would meet nobody so you're kind of forced out of your comfort zone in that respect which I actually enjoy being forced out mm. of my comfort zone anyway um, but for Sydney it's super suspicious like what <laughs> yeah, exactly people are like oh this weirdo is inviting me to their house that's really yeah strange. it's true um and it's not to say we didn't have that in Sydney. We have wonderful friends in Sydney. But um, it, people have time, seem to have time mm. here. You don't you don't have to book a coffee date in three months in advance. You know, they're free now. Let's go and have coffee. And it's mm. just, that is the biggest difference. And I think that community feel of um, individuals on the same page, not health-wise, to be honest, because that is a big thing I really miss here. The biggest downside is not having, like, your specific health food stores, not having fresh fruit and vegetables, not having those markets, the farmer's mm. markets. I really miss that. And actually, food here is more expensive. Fresh fruit and veg, even in Coles and Woolies, is more expensive really? because it's transparent. It's transported further, mm. which is really is really sad. Um, we miss that, but you you know you work with what you've got. But yeah, the community is the biggest thing, and I think from that, that has lowered our stress levels because we feel really supported. Mm. Um, and I think because we don't have family here, we don't have extended family either of us. There is really just us as our little family unit. We always search out to create that. Um, I always call them my adopted family, mm -hmm. um, my Australian family, because we don't have it and we need it. Everyone, you need to have those relationships around you. And we managed to get them really quick here, which we are so grateful for. Yeah, that's so interesting that it's, um, I guess, like the community factor because yeah. I guess in Sydney there's like so many different communities that you could be a part of, um, but somehow I guess that connection still gets a little bit lost. 
And I think it's just different changes in parts of your life as well. Our community in Sydney was very much CrossFit orientated, which is amazing. You know, and if, if, um, if we didn't have, not that it's an excuse, but if we didn't have a kid right now, if we didn't have bear, if I wasn't pregnant again, if you know all those things, CrossFit, if we were moving again, would be the first thing that we would get into because that is your ready-made community. You mm-hmm. walk in there and those people welcome you with open arms. I've said that to anyone traveling. If you're alone and you feel lonely, go to a CrossFit gym because mm-hmm. they will look after you. Um, but then it changed for us. We got we got busy with work. Um, we had a fun. We uh, just, you know, traveling up and down the northern beaches in traffic. Stuff just started to get in the way. Mm. And we, we changed and stepped away from that community and we needed something else. We needed a slower, slower, more, I guess, more child, kids orientated um, play group kind of community. People mm-hmm. who um, can't go out after 6 p.m. at night because their kids are asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, um, there's probably one other thing that I'd like to talk to you about, and that is, um, I guess, uh, essential oils, because I know that um, that's another uh, big passion of yours. Um, So I guess, uh, do you want to tell me a little bit about your story about how you got got into them and uh, why you love them so much? Yeah. Um, I started using oils when I was pregnant with Bear. I had a really bad issue uh, with my sinuses, which a lot of pregnant people really suffer with. And I just couldn't breathe. And I've always, with with the health and stuff that I'm really interested in, um, natural alternatives have always been what I've leaned leaned toward first. And a diffuser was something I wanted, so I just went and picked up some oils and um, started using them. I had no idea about them. Um, but yeah, that was two years ago, and it's like since then I use them every single day. And it's only in the last six months um, I started to um, become an educator and sort of help other people start to learn about oils and how to use them. And it's just been such a such a are the two businesses, Naga Paleo and um, my oils just are working just really well together mm. it's just health and wellness it actually wasn't something that occurred to me when I first started um, sharing the oils with people but uh, it's just the two businesses together is just so perfect and so easy for me to do um, yeah it's just been really fun so it's only been six months since I've been educating but then mm. then it's another it's another avenue for me to be creative with um, it's it's started as a hobby. It's definitely a business now, which is really cool. I have no idea how I found the time to do it, but it's like everything. <laughs> People, I did. You, you, you think you don't have time to do stuff until you decide you're really pa- if you're passionate about it, you'll find time. And I have definitely found time to do it. Um, I'm meeting even more people. It's another way of me building another community, which is which is amazing. Um, maybe I'm just looking for family all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah trying, to, <laughs> just trying to fill that void while your family's in the yeah. island. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to adopt people. <laughs> Please um, be my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and just, I just really, I really enjoy helping people um, in whatever avenue. If it's, I, I'm not, and I always tell people, I am not a qualified naturopath or nutritionist or aromatherapist. 
but I am someone who I'm extremely passionate about all of those things like about the health and wellness and just people feeling better mm. about themselves because I've been there and I know that you don't know how good you can feel until you feel better and it's mm. really hard to take that step because you don't know how good you can feel and it's 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 hard to explain that to people I come from a family that are not health not orientated you know and um my parents they're not they're not the healthiest people <laughs> and it has been really hard like I've had to as a daughter step back because we all know it, you know as kids can't tell their parents what to do they don't want to listen mm. um and there's no point forcing it um but that has made me kind of want to educate other people and slowly my parents also changed them. and my mom uses oils all the time now and um that's a small victory for me which yeah. is really exciting so it um, is it's just another avenue of education for people around their wellness and if you know if they don't want to change their food because maybe that seems a little bit too scary maybe adding an oil you know lemon oil into their water in the mornings is really easy and a really cool way to start yeah it is really true that you don't kind of uh what's this there's like a good quote about it like a fish doesn't realize it's it's in water kind of thing like it doesn't realize what the water feels like because it's it's in it um (laughs) yeah all the time so if you're kind of not performing or not feeling amazing all the time or you don't know or you're you know maybe stuck in a bit of like a health rut like you don't really realize how good you potentially could feel because well you're that's what you're in at the moment unless you've been there unless you've been there before Exactly, and you and hindsight, as we all say, is a wonderful thing. And I, I now have hindsight because I can see how I felt before. And like, like I said, with like you know having a pizza, I can now see. Okay, well, that's actually how I felt all the time before. Mm. Whenever I was eating all that junk food, and now it, you know, I feel it like straight away. Mm. Our bodies are so smart, and our bodies are designed to. Um, Our bodies are designed to live and survive. So if you do keep fueling your body with crappy foods and um, um, you're smoking and drinking, your body will keep fighting to survive. And that sometimes means that your brain will switch off things that hurt or um, uh, aches and pains that you have or the fact that you're not sleeping. It will allow you to survive on three hours of sleep a night, you know, and it just keeps going because it doesn't want to die. And people get used to that. My mom has suffered with aches and pains. She's had bad hips and bad backs and everything. And she just, you know, those pains, she just gets used to them because she thinks that's that's just how life is. And Mm. it's really hard to convince people that's not how life is. It's not how you have to feel, but it's also not easy to change. Like I always have to tell people that this is not an overnight fix. Oils are not an overnight fix. Your nutrition is definitely not something that's going to happen really fast. Mm. But if you if you start today, at least you're a day closer to feeling better, and you know you might go backwards, and you'll get to a point where you, you can't. I, I can have a pizza. Like I've said, pizzas so many times in this. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, stop saying that word. <laughs> you can have it. You know, I can go and have a Mars bar if I really feel like it. Um, because the rest of the time, I do. I look after myself, and mm. there's just yeah. There's there's a lot of um prongs to the health 
approach, you know, and it's really good to attack them from multiple levels. It doesn't have to be just one because that's why the oils are so great because sometimes food is something that we emotionally connect to. Mm -hmm. I've had clients, PT clients, I've told them, okay, well, I just really want you to not have bread for lunch today and honestly you would think you were telling them to sell one of their children it's it's like it's just bread but there's like this deep emotional attachment to food so it's been nice to have another avenue to try and help people yeah for sure uh, where they're adding something I guess rather than taking away sometimes you can feel like changing your health is all about losing stuff whereas I can be like well add this to your life mm. you know and it's you know don't change anything else but you can add this in and that could be cool and then they always come back around once the oils really help them then i'll be like okay so let's not let's not eat the bread <laughs> let's quit smoking <laughs> yeah i quit smoking <laughs> yeah cool yeah. awesome well uh just to finish up what's what's on the horizon for you guys then we're going to have our second baby in November Yay. so that is that's very exciting um, and really we honestly are not long-term planners right now this is another thing that has changed for us I think since moving our perspective on like we have a grand grand plan you know of owning a big bit of land with all our animals and our ducks and our pigs and whatever but um, as far as near future have our baby in November We'll be here in Maureen until probably at least January. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we will eventually move back to the water. We know that we're going to miss the ocean come summertime. Yeah, um, for sure. And also that it gets stinking hot in Maureen. So, There's no um, ocean. Yes, summer is going to be very interesting. But um, uh, we'll move back to the ocean eventually. But we are just not putting anything in strict plans we've got family coming out to visit we'll have a new baby uh, and we might go overseas for a trip next year to visit all the grandparents uh, and that's about as far and uh, we have a couple of new products coming out oh gosh we've actually got lots to do this year <laughs> it's like oh i'm actually really busy <laughs> hang, hang on we're actually really busy um we've got a couple maybe two or three new bar flavors to launch this year for naked awesome. paleo which is exciting so ever expanding, ever testing new products. It never stops, um, which is really exciting and really tiring all at the same time. And you just have to keep being innovative and creative and growing. Awesome, That's Jen. small business. Yeah, for sure. I totally, I feel you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Always. And, and where can people find you if they want to connect? Um, connecting with me, Naked Paleo, so you can hop onto our website, um, which is nakedpaleo.com.au, um, or you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram is naked, naked underscore paleo, uh, and we've got our blog on the website as well, where I post up lots of recipes of just general, some of them are, most of them are paleo, but there's some little twists in there as well, um, if just what we generally eat during the week, so there's new recipes every week. Um, and then for oils, um, my Instagram is wellness and wonderment um, on Instagram, and you can hit me up. And I do have a Facebook group which you can add yourself to once you've been through um, the Instagram links. And I'm more than happy to help anyone with anything. I just love talking about this stuff. <laughs> awesome. You can probably tell I've just talked a lot. I really <laughs> do enjoy it. I love my job. I love um, creating my adopted family and making friends. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome, great stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Jen. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, you. hopefully, hopefully you can persuade some people to join the slow living bandwagon and be part of the yeah. family. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today, ladies. Thank you so much for listening. Girls, if you really liked this podcast and you want to support us, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We very much appreciate it. Um, and if you want more of our value-packed content, you can find us through these three names on social media, at Tone, at AllGPT, and at Kayla Lee Physio. Just check out the details in the description to find us. And until next time, girls, stay strong.